What's up, guys? Welcome into episode one. Wow, episode one of I Agree Go Cavs. I'm your host, Jacob. I'm joined by my co-host this week, Mr. Zach DeFranco, Mr. Nick Carnes. Gentlemen, how are we this fine Friday Friday night? I, I, you know what? I, this has been in the works for a long time. And I actually wasn't sure if I was going to be here today. So I'm just really excited to be here for the start of what I'm sure is going to be a staple and awesome piece of Network 216. So I, I just want to give a lot of credit to the two of you, uh, Zach and Jacob, for, for being here and for putting this together because, I mean, Cavs season's starting. And this is this is really exciting. So it's going to be fun to talk about. Yeah, for real. I'm pumped. Like, it's like, Nick, like you said before we started recording, you're like, okay, how do we, like, switch our tone from the Browns, who are two and four, to the Cavaliers, who, yeah, we, like, we lost, but how exciting it was. How exciting that game was and how exciting this team is going to be for the future. is It's it's a way different <laughs> atmosphere I'm even feeling right now just talking to you guys tonight. Zach, you can – Nick, you both can attest because you're in the group chat where I usually do most of my venting. And <laughs> – I got so fed up. I was like, you know what? You know what? Hmm. I want to talk about a team that's fun. Yep. So we are full blown making this Cavs show happen. And then it just hmm. fucking came together. Yeah. We were like, we're not doing this. We're not putting up with this crap no more. We're going to have fun. Guys, if you are on Twitter and you want to interact with the show live, you go to our uh, YouTube or our Facebook. We can see those comments. We can't see the uh, Twitter comments, unfortunately. Uh, so if you want to interact with the show live, you can go to one of those two platforms and we can talk there. Guys, we're uh, super stoked about our main sponsor tonight, Homage. They are the way to go. I do not have my Homage Cavs shirt yet. It is in the mail. It is on its way. So I will have that for uh, future shows, but we'll drop links in the description down below uh, after the live for YouTube. If you want to go check out Homage, they're they're the best, man. Cavs, I, I listen. I, there's a hoodie. I'm gonna get this hoodie, guys. It, it it's probably the greatest hoodie, and this has nothing to do with sports. But it's it, this, <laughs> and it is it, it. Well, it's actually it's it's a Cavs. You know, it, it the the wine is very close to being Cavs. Okay. They they consider it maroon, but the the, the hoodie just says Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Hey, I got I get it. The office you can't beat it. Absolutely. It's actually cheaper too. It's only sixty bucks instead of like seventy. So there you go. But seriously, guys, if you're gearing up for the Cavs season, the Browns, the Buckeyes, they've got all thirty two NFL teams. The guards, they got all of it over at Homage. You guys want to go over there and check that out, guys. Let's let's just jump right on into it. We we have one Cavs uh, Cavs game played this week. By next week's episode, we'll have like three to talk about all in one episode. Yeah, I think, wow. Before next week's episode. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I took a few notes here, uh, but I want to start with you guys and I'll, and I'll start with you, Zach, kind of just give me like, and we'll go more in depth with this game, but just kind of give me an overall how you feel uh, after the game against Toronto or even how you feel about the season as a whole uh, since we didn't really do a preseason episode. Yeah, like I, I feel very optimistic for this team. Like I knew when they traded for Donovan Mitchell, like when that trade actually happened, I was like, wow, like this team is going all in now with the young squad they have, you know, to to really be a contender in the East. So I was expecting like a move at the wing, but when they traded for Donovan Mitchell, I was like, dude, that's obvious Sexton was on the out, you know. So watching them play and obviously, you know, Garland goes down early and that stinks. Mm -hmm. Uh Watching them play together is like this team. If, it, if they were fully healthy the entire game, if Garland's still in there, I think I think it's 
different way we're talking about the game in general, the ending of the game. So I'm optimistic for the season, man. I can't wait to watch them winning Cleveland sports like the Guardians and stuff again. Seriously. Yeah. No, I know. I'm right there with you, Nick. Nick, how are you feeling, man? You know what? I, I think I, I respect the – Cavs a lot because I don't think they would have had a shot at Donovan Mitchell if he was a free agent. So kudos to them for recognizing that this is an opportunity with a a, a squad that definitely exceeded expectations last season and is kind of at that tipping point now where maybe you add a guy. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is a veteran at, at 26, but he's he's an old man compared to to a lot of the Cavs <laughs> right now. So you add a guy that that has does have some of that playoff experience, right? And you add that to, to the experience with, with like Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love. And I think you ha- you you have a really nice mixture of veterans and young guys that, I mean, I mean, obviously we all know the Cavs have a ton of potential this year, but I, I'm just, I'm so glad that they took the opportunity. They seized a talent becoming available that typically is not. And, and so, yeah, they, they didn't win the first game, but Donovan Mitchell, I, I mean, mm. 31 points, nine assists. That that's a hell of a debut. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I tweeted it today. I said, you know, cause I went back and watched some of his highlights uh, from the game. I was watching them this morning while I was waking up. I'm always like watching sports highlights as I wake up. It gets me up in the morning and dude, it's just effortless with him. Like, like, and I wrote this comparison down and I actually, before I kind of get to my overall feeling, I just want to talk about Donovan Mitchell. I just, I, I'm sorry. We're going into the Donovan Mitchell talk right off the top, but I wrote this down and I want to hear your guys's take on this. And I want to put a little bit of a disclaimer at the front. I am not in any way saying that these two players are the same player. I'm saying that there's some aspects of their games that remind me. So watching Donovan Mitchell, especially in that second quarter, because, you know, he he only, what, had four points? He didn't really take – it was like two of four, I think, in the first quarter or something like that. And he really started to take it over, especially in that second quarter when Garland goes down. Watching him, it reminded me of Kyrie pre-2016 slash 2016 in the playoffs. And what I mean by that is a creator that just gets a bucket whenever he needs the bucket. And it's like, that's what that reminds It re- just reminds me of Kyrie, especially in the playoffs on mm. the way to the, the championship in 16. Like it was, you know, of course he had LeBron there and stuff as well. But like if LeBron was struggling or anything like that, like Kyrie was going to create a, an opportunity. And that felt like something they were missing in the play in games last year. And I realized that Jared Allen wasn't, you know, Jared Allen in that, in that game, but it felt like something at times that they missed where if Garland, you know, wasn't able to create real well, there wasn't a guy that they could just 100% see go create and get a bucket. And it just, I'm, I just got Kyrie like 2016 vibes from Donovan Mitchell in the sense that he was going, he was a bucket anytime he had the ball. Mm-hmm. And it's not even just that, like he can create a bucket, but he can also make a play with his eyes. He can he's mm-hmm. an all around point guard, you know, he's a, he's a guard in general. Like he can drive the lane, find the open man like like that one he trusted Dean Wade. Yeah. Wade you know what I mean? And Dean Wade was reliable. Yeah. He he made points off the bench. That's what you need. That that's another thing I want to talk about was how like all around this Cavs team kind of looks right now off the bat. And when Rubio comes back, I'm telling you, that's going to make a big difference too cuz yeah. one, please get Nito get Nito out of there. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, but, it was rough, yeah. Yeah. When when Rubio comes back, I think you're going to see a big difference as well. With just the energy off the bench, it's going to be yeah. it's going to be fun. 
that that was the lineup that statistically was the best for the Darius Garland, Ricky Rubio lineups last year when you had two creators like that. And so it was really encouraging to me when, when Darius Garland gets his eye poked that Donovan was able to step right into that that role. Mm-hmm. Right. Be, because I think, you know, not obviously, you know, Darius Garland getting banged up last year. You saw the, the noticeable drop off in, in offensive creation. But then, you know, Ricky Rubio uh, in December gets hurt. And so that's when, like, you really appreciated what both of those guys were able to add. And so anytime I think creators are, are some of the hardest pieces to to add in general. So now looking forward, like looking down the, the pipe like a month. Right. The Cavs have three legitimate bonafide creators, and that's a massive improvement from what they had for the majority of last year. I mean, you could legitimately like you were talking about like, think about this. You're talking about in the starting five, Karis LeVert being the weak link. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying Karis LeVert is like this, you know all-star or anything like that, but he's a good basketball player and yeah. he's the one that you have questions about in that starting five. And it's like, okay, I feel like I feel pretty good that, you know, and, 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 you know, give uh, Levert some, some credit in his ball handling when Garland went down as well. Like, because it created the opportunity for Mitchell to get some time on the bench and some rest and, and not, and, and obviously they were playing too. So, but you know what I mean? Just some pressure off of Donovan as the only ball handler, the only facilitator, so to speak, uh, because we didn't have, Ricky Rubio off the bench. I, I I thought about Ricky Rubio in that game, uh, probably more than I should have. But like I was like, man, he went down last year. When he went down yeah. last year, I think a lot of fans were doing the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. man, what would this team look like if we just stayed healthy? If Ricky Rubio stayed healthy. Uh, it's I just and and I keep going back to even when Garland was playing, he was a little sloppy out the gate, and so it's like. You did all of that against a pretty good team, and your second best player wasn't himself, and he yeah. wasn't even there for half of the game. So it's like mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing. So I put this. I, I wrote a couple of things down as I was watching it that I that I wanted to kind of uh, share with you guys. So I thought it. I thought this the first was was rather sloppy. I thought they turned the ball over quite a bit there in the beginning and they weren't boxing out. They were allowing too many offensive rebounds and the game was like, it was like a four point game too. Like that's my favorite part was I was like, Oh, this doesn't look that great. And they were right there that entire time. And then I just think the second starts and they go on a 13 and 0 run right towards the beginning of the quarter, like that. I mean, it was just bucket, bucket, bucket. And then they just kind of traded body blows the rest of, of, of the first half. And like, yeah, I don't remember the last time the Cavs could so effortlessly go on a 13 to no run against a good team. And, and it, it did, did it not look effort? Like it was just like, it was a close game or they were trailing and then they took the lead and went up by, you know, a couple possessions because they just, they just ripped it off. And I just, I don't know, man. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you, you noticed immediately that there was more shooting than we have been used to seeing, which was mm-hmm. definitely a, a good a good thing. And I think, you know, in, on the opposite side of that, a lot of us were wondering, uh, because Jared Allen got hurt 
as well down the stretch last year. So you lost that dynamic duo defensively of Mobley and Jared Allen. And I think we saw on a, on a bunch of possessions where the two of them are just making the paint miserable for, for opponents. And, and that's, that's no matter how you're shooting on a given night, no matter where you're playing, like that's always going to be there. And I think that's one of the pieces of, of this Cavs season that I'm most excited about is just having, and, and both guys, I mean, you saw Evan Mobley uh, take a couple threes and I, I think he made one. I think he made he did, one. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. you know, I'll take that. Cause it, they at least look the, the shooting form. It doesn't seem awkward. So no, he, he definitely worked on that. You can yeah. tell in the offseason. He definitely worked on that. He wants to be kind of more of like an all-around stretch kind of power forward. I I love that. I love that. Make Allen be kind of like your true center with mm-hmm. him. That Dude, when you see Mobley going up there and just willingly shooting three threes in a game, that's going to be dangerous to opposing teams because eventually he's going to get more and more comfortable taking that shot too. Yeah. There was a, there was a, a moment where – they had a block and Evan Mobley went coast to coast as a seven footer. He went coast to coast and just laid a bucket in there. And I'm like, I think I tweeted something as something out along the lines of like, that's just not fair. Like how many seven footers that are, I'm he's not okay. How many seven, seven footers capable of making that kind of play defensively can then switch so effortlessly, glide down the court. Like he looked like he was going to try to find someone to pass to. And then he was like, nah, and he just goes down. And I'm like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Cause you're going to try to drive at this guy. He's going to block your shot. And then you're like, oh, don't worry. We'll, 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 we'll play tight uh, transition defense on the guards. Nah, he don't care. He's just going to go like, what do you, what is it? What is it? What, what are you supposed to do with when and Mobley goes oh, what, for uh, 14 and six? And it's like, and he plays the most many, he plays 36 minutes in that game. Okay. I just, I think, I think too, a, a piece of that is, is you, you mentioned going coast to coast. Something else that, that Evan Mobley was maybe a little weaker on was, was dribbling last year. And so, you know, you're starting to see, like Zach said, you know, he's getting a little more comfortable with the threes. He's getting a little more comfortable uh, dribbling, moving, being perhaps being the initiator rather than just, you know, waiting for a setup from from one of your point guards. Um, and so those because, I mean, keep in mind, this is a second year player, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. So, so to see this type of progression – you know, I, I, and I know it's just one game, but but you could see it over the course of last year. I've been getting a little more comfortable, a little more comfortable. And so I think we're hopefully seeing the next step of that, which is terrifyingly exciting. Here, Here's a fun one for you. Points in the paint. This is this is where you talk about that terrifying twosome down there, Nick. So the Cavs have 52 of their 105 are in the paint. The Raptors got 36. And they shot really well. I mean, they ended up shooting 43% from three and 41%, you know, overall. And and it was the 17 turnovers is what really kept them in. The Cavs had 17 turnovers. But 36 points in the paint when you scored 108. That's a heck of a differential. (laughs) That's making it difficult. Yeah, yeah, they – 
they the Cavs I thought little a little bit struggled. They gave up twelve offensive rebounds, and I thought that that was and they only had what six, yeah, six of them themselves. So I thought that there was a little bit where they I, I just thought some fundamental things here and there, things that I think those guys can fix that that I've seen Jared Allen and 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 Evan Mobley and Kevin Love be just fine at. Like I said, like I, I thought for a game that at times were that was a little sloppy. They controlled most of that game, even when I just thought it was just some sloppy play in game one. I, you know what? I think I think it speaks to that, you know, Darius Garland goes down. And, and if I'm not mistaken, Tor- Toronto's a playoff team last year. So mm-hmm. yeah. this isn't slouch as you're playing. And so to keep to keep it uh, close with them when, you know, that's their home opener, right? The crowd's going crazy and and that, that's a hard place to play. And Toronto's a, a great fan city. Um I was really, I was very encouraged, right? Because you know, you 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 kind of you you fell down the stretch, and and I think a lot of that had to do with the injuries. But you're still a young team, right? And so as you as you continue to progress, I think this is a, another good step in where they want to go. Zach, I'll start with you, and I'm gonna ask, I want to ask both of you guys because I saw some stuff on um, on Twitter as it relates. <sighs> JB Bickerstaff that I thought was kind of interesting. And I now I enjoyed the Cavs last year, but I did not quite as heavily follow them like on Twitter or watch all that many games because Bali was really terrible last year. Yeah. I will give Bali credit. I got Bali Sports Plus to watch this game and I it was fine. It buffered like three times. But other than that, it was fine. It worked out. I thought it was good. So I thought this was really interesting. Some some points that got made in this game. So where do you guys sit on JB Bickerstaff? Uh, are you are you happy he's here? Do you w- think that he will? Do you think he can win a title? Do you think it's going to have to go to someone else? You know, I, basically the same questions that essentially it feels like the same questions everybody had about David Blatt. I was and just about then, to say that, like, <laughs> like th- that that's kind of like the question I had about David Blatt because I think a lot of people knew like the LeBron and lat relationship yeah. wasn't all there you know mm-hmm. um so they went and got you know a guy that coached with lebron but he also wasn't scared to coach lebron and Ty Lue. so uh i don't know I, I i don't really get the sense i don't know if you guys want you know jump in and disagree with me here but i don't get the sense that the players aren't rallying around bickerstaff i think they like bickerstaff i feel like he's a really good players coach mm-hmm. i i mean the season just started I'm not, I'm not going to even kind of have that kind of controversy right now, you know, especially in a locker room. You know what? I just saw last year, especially the Cavs faced a ton of adversity with all their injuries. Um, Mm. It felt like as soon as they got one guy back, whether it was Laurie Markkinen or Darius Garland or uh, Jared Allen or, or Evan Mobley, whoever. But I think the one consistent through all of that was their effort. And that's always something I look I look for when I'm trying to to decide how I feel about a coach. And the Cavs were certainly not lacking in an effort. They, they gave that that hustle every night in, night out. And something that that definitely speaks to me about the JB Bickerstaff um, is that you can see that the Cavs are truly running plays and and sets mm-hmm. and creating open shots for guys. Like there there's an offense, there's a plan, there's a scheme, and and. I'm not the biggest basketball X's and O's guys, but it X's and O guy, but it <laughs> definitely seems like um, 
they are being well coached to me. So I, I'm I'm in I'm in on JB Bickerstaff, and especially when you can corral a young team, because I know that's like typically, you know, sometimes there's mm-hmm. uh, uh, these guys are adjusting the NBA. That they, they they have all kinds. See of, the Cleveland Browns. See the Cleveland Browns, right? And and the Guardians for that for that matter, right? Is, is that these these young teams take a lot of leadership, and it seems like JB's providing that. Mm-hmm. And that's a big one of the, that's one of the biggest things they said about Terry Francona is like yeah. players. He, he's not afraid to have his players back, and that's what they love about Terry Francona. And then I, have, I do love, I do love Tito, a good fired up Tito coming out of the building. He's oh ready. Oh. oh yeah, oh yeah. You'd run oh. through a wall, guys. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to step away. We are debuting some uh, pre-recorded ad reads to help better illustrate our great friends and what they can do for you. So we're going to step away real quick for a word from our friends at Underdog Fantasy. If it plays. What's up, everybody? We know that we know that daily fantasy never stops. And Network 216 is proud to be a partner with Underdog Fantasy. Very simple to use. All you have to do is go to Underdog Go to underdogfantasy.com and you will just click the sign in button. You'll create an account if you haven't done so already. If you've not created an account, it'll ask you to enter a code. Enter code 216 and they will double your first deposit up to $100. Underdog Fantasy live draft lobbies that you get to compete with you and your friends. It's no salary cap like DraftKings and FanDuel. You get to go to a draft lobby, pick the players you want, or you can do daily pickums which give you access to all the nfl and nba games for you to make your picks every single night again go to underdogfantasy.com or use the underdog fantasy app on ios or android use code 216 to double your first deposit up to 100 dollars. sign up today boom underdog fantasy shout, do out, it. shout like out tyler johnson hey tyler I asked him if he could like put a slight demonstration in the ad read and he did not disappoint. He did not disappoint that shows you everything you need to know. And I love it because like, like he was mentioning about the salary cap, like, man, if you want to win with those salary caps on daily, you got to pick like a six string string wide receiver that is going to have a hundred yard day. And that I'm, I don't care what you say that I'm talking about for the football side of it. It, it, that's bullshit. You got lucky. Whereas if you get in it, you, you're going to draft with groups of like three to uh, uh, 12, depending on how big it is. So yeah, you're going to keep compete against like a hundred thousand people. So you can win a bunch of money, but you just got five people doing an actual draft and I'm addicted to drafting. So that's why you should check those guys. out. <laughs> I want to talk about Kevin love um, uh, because Kevin Love is my probably it's him and Zajiris Ogalskis as my favorite uh, Cavs of all time, and my biggest thing about Ogalskis is that he's the first guy I remember being a seven footer, like being that size and shooting a jump shot. Like yeah. I remember like his fifth or sixth year when he when he made a couple threes even, and I'm just like, oh my god. But you know, it was just funny because it was really. You know, that there wasn't a ton of talent around LeBron that first time, but like Ogowskis, like you could count on him and he would do some, you know, some, some pop up uh, jump shots for at seven foot. And I thought that was just amazing. But I loved Kevin Love when they got him. Uh, I was hoping they were going to get him, you know, when LeBron comes back. And 
and, and and to see Kevin Love still thriving, it just makes my heart. That's the only jersey I've ever owned. I, I had a oh, Kevin wow. Love jersey. I still have it. It's just in some some bad shape, but and it kind of stinks. I need to wash it. But uh, it, you know, it, it. I just I don't know what it is, man. I just I love a dude that can shoot, like, you know, because he, he can shoot three pointers and he can get dirty in the paint. And I don't I know he's not really that guy anymore. Um, but I mean, what did, what's he, what's he end up finishing with rebound wise? He goes for eight and seven and two assists uh, in 21 he's minutes. Really jump, he's not really jumping off the court anymore though. You know, no, 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 no. But he's like, not jumping up and fighting with anyone to get a board like that. But I think Kevin Love has embraced that 20 minute game off the bench, especially for the money he's making. I would too. You know, I would I and it's a fun <laughs> team he gets to play with. Now. It's probably the best team he's played with since LeBron. So, yeah, and he's probably yeah. Oh god, yeah, and he's having fun. But like, he's always been an underrated passer too. And he he had a, a couple. Yeah. He had two assists, and he and it's just like a dude that's gonna put stats in all three columns, like off the bench in twenty minutes, and he eight seven and two. I, I mean, yeah, you know, we know we know what Osman did off the bench, and and, and I I enjoyed it because I love I like. I like Hosman a lot, yeah. but people like to hate on him. So I really enjoyed him having 17 points off the bench. So that was fun. But I just, I'm, I love Kevin Love. I love his ability to pass. And, and, and I, I'm not afraid to admit that I have a man crush on Kevin Love. So, hey, you weren't afraid to admit it to Alex Wright to his face. To his face. To his face. I witnessed it. It was so awkward. I think he was flattered a little bit, but I think I went too far. So. <laughs> No, he, he said that was dope that you had his jersey. He said that was like the first time he's heard that already. Like, yeah. <laughs> since he came to Cleveland. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. I love, but so I'll do it. I'll tell Kevin Love. I'll find him. I just you know what? You always <laughs> need that guy. You whether it was Kyle Corver during mm -hmm. uh the, the LeBron era or or it, I mean Kevin Love was obviously there too, but he really morphed into that uh because he wasn't a bench guy then, right? But but yeah. in this era of the Cavs, he's become the guy coming off the bench and was pushing for a six-man of the year last year. Um, and on a team that really needed shooting, he's just provided consistent. Uh, he, he's at That element that, that he's been able to give the Cavs was a big part of why they were so successful last year. And I think it'll be a big part of why they're successful this year. So I, I'm really excited. You, you need that guy. And, and Kevin Love's been at the top. Right, you won one of the greatest titles. That's my thing. Like Zach's wearing the Ultimate Warrior shirt today. Like Kevin Love is a part of one of the greatest titles that have been won in NBA history. I'll stand by that. And so it's so really, it's so cool to see him be here for this new era of of Cavs. It's yeah. funny that you mentioned that though. Have you guys seen the homage uh, three one lead shirts? Oh my God, no. Let no, me see if I can find them. I'll find yeah. them while you guys. I was gonna buy the 2016 championship shirt. Hmm. Might be the one yeah. you're talking about. But no, it's this 2016 championship shirt. And then like I tweeted about it and Amish tweeted at me and they're like, no, you should get the Ultimate Warrior one if you want to really relive the championship. And I'm like, I didn't even think about that. Like topped <laughs> it. <laughs> okay, okay. It's like, yeah, all right, homage. I see you. I see, I see you taking care of I do. I love homage, man. They uh, Dude, and I know I'm I'm, I'm paid to say that, but still. <laughs> I, you know what? I had a random thought while we were talking about this that I didn't even consider. So obviously Ricky Rubio is connected to Kevin Love because they played together in Minnesota. 
And so there's like that bond there. And, you know, because because some, something we talk about with the Cavs is just like how good their chemistry was last year, how good their chemistry is this year. Lots of parallels to the Guardians. What I what I hadn't also considered until this month, I don't know how I didn't think about this, but Ricky Rubio also played with Donovan Mitchell in Utah. So there's like yeah. this whole thing oh, yeah. of, of Rubio connected to, to the two of those guys. And like you're already – it just – you know what? So much of, of big trades in the NBA uh, – personality fits are really important whenever you trade for a, a guy that that is a high caliber uh dominant player right it, it's always a question of how are these personalities going to fit together and it's just i'm so glad it makes it even more important that the Cavs brought rubio back i think because there's so much glue there be- between all of them that I, I i really think this team can can make some noise come playoff time i know we're one game in but i really I, i'm so excited well, they, that, that's what they show to you, you know? They show to you that, that, that they're going to be that team that's going to play till the end, compete. Like, Toronto on the road to start the season is a tough game. It's, yeah. that's, that's a tough game to play, like you mentioned earlier. So, Chicago is going to be a tough game, I believe, as yeah. well. So, I, I like it, though. You know, let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's compete early and let's compete the entire season. Hey, iron sharpens iron. That's this the one I was going to buy. That's the one I was going to buy. Yep. I love it. The 3-1 comeback. I love it. I put it, if you're watching us uh, right now on YouTube or Facebook, it's in the comments or in the episode description. Uh, you can check those out, That uh, the link to those uh, the 3-1 comeback shirts. I, I really enjoy those ones, too. I'm probably going to have to get one because I'm that kind of obnoxious dick. But I, okay, I want to spend so much money on homage to sometimes. <laughs> It can't be helped. You just can't help it, man. I want to ask you guys because it's the elephant in the room. Um, and I know where – I think you, you you probably likely know where I'm going. But Isaac Okoro, okay? We got to talk about – It's one game. Him. It's one game. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not going to hate on him. I'm not I'm not that guy. I'm not going to crap on him or anything like that. I thought he was – he looked like a little ramped up. I think he was like – really really hyped and i think mm-hmm. he got just a little overhyped like i wasn't mad but i mean you saw it in the preseason and they've been talking about his jump shot right his shooting motion not just his jump shot but his his shooting in general just where he's really worked to try to improve and refine that and, and i thought the last couple games of the preseason especially he i mean he looked like a better player than he was last year anyway yeah. when it came just purely to shooting where are you guys at uh, are we on this show? Are we defenders or haters of Isaac? I'm, I'm a defender. Okay, I'm a defender. Okay. I like him, and I I think I I like him even more now because we went and got Donovan Mitchell, dude. So he can come off the bench, yeah, be a, a role player for us right now, and kind of develop. And that's what he is. He's young, a developmental guy. So I'm I'm with it, man. I think once he kind of calms down, like you said, at the beginning of the season, ex- excitement on the road, Toronto. Once he calms down a little bit, gets gets more comfortable in this role, especially with like the leadership we have, like watching Donovan Mitchell, like lead Evan Mobley and lead all these young guys early on, and then Jared Jared Allen's the first thing he says was, you know, the leadership he has on and off the court is just amazing. So, I think anyone on this team can be a good role player, you know, with the leadership yeah, we have and stuff. So. Like I do like Isaac Okoro. I, I I would not characterize myself as a hater. I just think, you know, when you're playing Evan Mobley and Jared Allen in a lineup, I think it makes more sense to have Karis LeVert, who's more Absolutely. comfortable shooting, be be your three, uh, as opposed to Isaac. Because 
I mean, yes, Isaac's going to give you vastly superior defense. And, and I would also say that I think Isaac's a better athlete, so he's he's better in transition. You can tell he's comfortable when he gets out in the space. But just just from a, a from a, a lineup standpoint, I think Levert just makes more sense. Um, for, and, and maybe that'll change, right? Maybe, uh, you know, Isaac gets more comfortable in this jump shot, and maybe the, those two flip. But I think when you're given – you know, the obvious difference that Mobley and Jared Allen make defensively themselves, it makes more sense to lean. And it's not disrespectful to, 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 to Isaac. It's just, it makes more sense to lean offensively, I think. Yeah. 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 And I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, I, and I think that was really interesting because um, the guys over at the chase down pod, uh, which I really, really enjoy, were kind of talking about this in this episode uh, that they dropped on Wednesday um, well, they recorded it on Tuesday, so it was on game day, but it was recorded prior to the game. They were kind of debating back and forth between who should start there, Karis LeVert or Isaac Okoro. And it was interesting because they actually leaned Okoro so that you could have the playmaking of LeVert off the bench. And, okay. and, and I thought, I thought that, you know, I had no issue with LeVert out there in the starting five. I thought, you know, out the gate, it looked pr- like a pretty good group, but they did struggle a little bit playmaking off the bench. And a lot of that had to do with Garland going down so that they didn't have, they couldn't put Garland. Cause you know, JB talked about it, uh, having either Garland or Mitchell trying to have them on the court at all times. And once, you know, Garland goes down, you were no longer able to do that. You don't have Ricky Rubio there, but I thought that, like I said, I thought Okoro seemed really ramped up. But, yeah, I mean, you can see the kind of athlete he is. So it's one of those, like, we we talk about it with the Browns a lot because, like, the Browns have a lot of these guys that have potential that are just not playing anywhere near that. And But I think you can see what a Coro could be. So, like, I'm not, not, like, cut him, get him out of here. But I think he is in a really, like, I, I think exactly what you said was perfect. He's because you got Donovan Mitchell, the role that he is now in, I think he can be, I can think he can thrive there. Yeah. And then the, the other side of that is, you know, like you said on the chase down pod and a lot of people are talking about, it was actually a story coming into the season. Whether our question mark was our small four position or our, our mm-hmm. wing position. Is it going to be a core? Is it going to be Levert? And I think Levert just kind of like, I, I think it just has to be like a vet thing for Levert, yeah. right? Like that's kind of what it is. Levert, He's a, he's a shooting guard. Realistically, you want him to be a shooting guard. So, like you said, Lavert coming off the bench could probably make more plays for you as an individual. But I think Okoro coming off the bench later on with Rubio and Mitchell and maybe Allen on the court with him, the, the rotations we have, which is why I said our team is so deep, the rotations we have is one of the best Cavs teams we've seen in a while they've got guys that can do things that you need to at every level. Like they've got guys that can make plays, facilitate, shoot, play defense on the, you know what I mean? Just like you said, I think that just the rotations, I I, I can't really say it better than what you said. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just all about those rotations right there. So let me ask you this. Now this is one game into an 82 game season. I understand that as you stand right here, do you feel like they need to make any sort of moves? Um, do you th- like, and obviously if injuries, injuries happen, they happen. I get that. But barring somebody going down, 
Do you think somewhere during this season and to get to the finals, they will need to make a move? And you don't have to tell me a player or anything like that. Or do you think this roster can make a run? I'll let you start, Nick. Um, yeah, we'll start with Nick. I, I don't know that I can say at this point that the, the roster is that type of title contending caliber. And I think, I think that's, I'm not trying to underestimate them, but when you have such a young team, the ceilings are very undefined. And so like, like we saw some promising things out of Evan Mobley to start the year, but what will he, will Evan Mobley become uh, an initiator with dribbling? Will he become comfortable with, with uh, three point shooting? I think that's probably one of the biggest questions I have because he has the potential to make the biggest difference. If, if Mobley took a leap, though, I, I mean, I see no reason why. Because we know Donovan Mitchell is is legitimately great. We know we've seen Darius Garland be this offensive firepower. It, it, it's I think it's really a question of do you have that third piece offensively that you can just go to night in and night out? Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll probably have that. I, I wouldn't be you know when you've already given up this many picks. If they feel they're a piece away, I would imagine they'd be aggressive. So, so you're saying you're saying like you know you have Garland and Mitchell as your two offensive pieces that you can go yeah. to. I, I would, yeah I, I, yeah. I think you got four. I think you got four on the floor off the bat. You got Mobley, who's trying to develop into a like I said a stretch forward now, a stretch power mm-hmm. forward and shoot threes. You got Allen, who dude in the paint, no one wants to guard him. They just foul him. Mm-hmm. No one wants to guard the guy. Yeah, like he's a beast. Um, then yeah, like you said, you got Garland, and you got Mitchell, and I trust Lavert kind of like a like a catch and shoot small forward right now. You know, I think that's the move. If you are going to make one kind of address the wing position a little more. Okay. I think to answer your question though. Yeah. I think we can compete. I think there'll be some rough patches beginning of the season with Mitchell kind of gelling with the roster still a little bit, but I think, I think, I think this roster right now can compete for the East. And I think when you look at, some of those gelling situations with with Mitchell you can just see like you see the in between the timeouts and stuff where he's coaching people up as well you know yeah, at, at JB it. yeah it, you can see the leadership in the in the basketball IQ you know like he understands and it just seemed like he wanted to, he came in and let other people have the shots at first because you, he could t- you know what I mean like he yeah. just feels like he has such a great feel for the game and what needs yeah. to happen and he just you know yeah I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you guys okay. he's he's coming in and embracing a vet role when he's a young basketball player still too mm-hmm. he's coming in and embracing a veteran leadership role on as the basically the face of the franchise technically man there was mm-hmm. a blockbuster yeah. trade. Yeah, everyone yeah. thought he was going. Everyone thought he was going to New York to be a Nick. Mm-hmm. He even said it himself. He goes, "Yeah, I thought I was going to New York." So he came in and, and accepted that role. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you guys noticed this on the game. Was he standing up there with Bickerstaff coaching for a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I think so, dude. Yeah. Like, I I love that, dude. Like that. That's the kind of player coach Bickerstaff is. Like, I I just yeah. like this young squad. They're fun to watch, man. It, you it, can see like Mitchell be like, hey, you know, like people were getting ready to go back onto the field, but it, or on the field. I guess they're used to talking no, about football. football I, I not, do, right I, now. not right now. Not right now. We'll <laughs> talk about that bullshit in a few days. Um, <laughs> but you can tell, you know, they're coming out of the timeout, but you could tell like Mitchell was like, hold up. We don't got to go quite yet. Come back here. I got something else for you. Yeah. And, and that's just kind of like, that's the, I hate to do this. That's what the Browns don't have on defense. Yeah. 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 
I they're, they're green. Their green dot on defense shouldn't even be on the field. Right. Well, now they're talking about a dude that's been there for a week being their green dot, so that we will. Hey, we'll, so that tells you the state of affairs on that side of the ball. This is this isn't the football show, but at least that dude, yeah. was a pro so, bowler. Yeah, yeah, at least so, that dude can play. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give you something completely on the other side of the coin, uh, yeah. positively. Is that you know? So so obviously Donovan Mitchell. Well, he had nine assists, and mm-hmm. I I can't remember the stat exactly, but. Uh, they they talked about his time in Utah and said he had uh, nine or more assists. It what it's not a very high number, like so, six times. I think it was six. I, I believe it was six. I so, that. yeah. So so for Donovan to be able to to step in immediately, right? Because Darius gets hurt and that obviously throws off the whole game plan you have. Uh, and, and be a guy who distributes. I mean, that's that's really promising. If you know, because uh, and, and I think some people wondered what was it the talent around him in Utah? Maybe a, 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 there was there were questions of of will he can he be a distributor as well? And I know it's one game, but that's that's really promising to see that type of play out of him because because yeah, it, when when you talk player coach, getting the rest of your team involved is is that kind of yeah. role. Yeah. Build their confidence, help them build their confidence in their yep. shot and their playmaking. So I, I got it. I pulled it up here. Last, last season, just last season for Donovan Mitchell, he had nine plus assists in six games last year. Wow. And he started his Cavs career with nine. That's, yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, that's, that's, his, yeah. that's just about I think, his. I think, I think you can just make that argument. Like what was his best, like you said, Nick, what was his best team around him in Utah? I mean, probably his other – best target entire time there was Gobert and they had their kind of ups and downs. So Mm -hmm. I think the fact that he came here and embraced the veteran role, even with that kind of storyline between him and Gobert and the reason why Utah wanted to kind of blow it up, it just wasn't working out and he can just come here and kind of embrace that role. And you can see how he works with uh, Mobley and how the respect he has from Allen off the bat. I, I, it's just promising to me. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you see, chemistry to that level this the one game in i mean that's that's a great sign for for what's to come exactly i love it yeah i i, I don't know guys i'm i'm ready i'm ready for tomorrow night um in they're in chicago and, yeah. and that'll be it'll be a an interesting one it sounds like no garland um which like yeah. listen i gotta make a trip to toronto real quick i'm not gonna tell you why i'm going up there but like, <laughs> so i'll see you guys in a couple of days um, and when I go up that way, but, uh, I don't know, man, I feel good. And I know by the time we talk, um, uh, next time, rather it's all three of us or whoever it is that, that, that hops on here. Um, it's going to be a lot more interesting just because we'll have played, I, I, depending on when we record next week was Friday or Saturday as our, is our target, depending on what day. And I know they play next Friday. So that would probably mean they're going to play at least four games before we talk, uh, four more games before we talk again here so i'm really excited about that i appreciate all you guys that are that joined us for the inaugural episode here if you're on um, youtube please hit that subscribe give us that thumbs up button uh, it helps us in the algorithm um and, and so. helps us to grow and um and we hit the 600 mark so during the bye week or somewhere around there i will do the hot ones hot sauce challenge uh live 
uh, here on YouTube and Twitter and, and, and all that. And I'll eat all this, the spicy, spicy foods. And, and a fun one. Here's a fun one. Listen, if the Browns win on Sunday, I will do the Sprite Challenge. Do you know what the Sprite Challenge no. is? No. So you, take, you take a can of Sprite or a bottle of Sprite, right? And you bottle, chug like the whole thing. Like a two liter? No, no, no. Like a 20 ounce. Like a 20 ounce. Okay, okay. okay. And oh. you chug the whole thing and try not to burp. Dude, I challenge. That's what the kids these days are doing. Yeah, but like when you because you know how ca like carbonated yeah. that shit is, yeah. like like oh. Sprite specifically, like it will like I watched this girl do it and she was like, oh yeah, this is. <laughs> Dude, oh my god! She didn't puke. It was a burp. It was just a burp. It was, it was just this massive burp. So I will do the Sprite challenge if the Browns win. You know what? If the Cavs win th three of their next four, I'll do it too. Whatever. Okay. Hey. I, you're fun, Jacob. You're fun. And I'll, all I have to say Browns related is Freddie Kitchens and Nick Chubb beat the Ravens. So <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I, Freddie, what, I, woof. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Nick Chubb's done it before. I just, I just can't cool. get more than like however many carries he got. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. Exactly. It's, Any it's like besides the coin here, and I keep like looking at this division champs hat and being happy. So, oh Browns, please do your part. But anyway, I just I, I just want to say thank you to you both for for letting me be a part hey. of this first episode because I, I think I think that. I think the beauty of this show is like so we don't have like set like full time hosts outside of like Jacob. I guess you can consider me. I'm gonna be on here majority of the time. I'm not mm -hmm. even like part-time but it's like the rotation we have for this show alone of like mm -hmm. people that want to be on it from the yeah. network they're like that just shows what this Cavs team like the energy they they have yeah. and, and and the grip they have on the city dude like this team's yeah. gonna be exciting i think last year the, the, they reeled fans in and then making that move for mitchell just it's it's the best thing you could have done outside of trading for like brandon ingram or something but you know yeah. that could still happen you never know so Dude, let, let's get it. I can't wait to start. Keep talking Cavs with you guys, and hey, let's go win the finals. Let's winner winner is a lot warmer when you have a good basketball team. And so I'm it's just, still pretty cold. It, well, still pretty cold. Yeah. Still, still Northeast Ohio. Yeah, I, maybe I'll make my way back up there uh, in Ooh. the spring or something. Um, because yeah. I've been to one Cavs game. It was against the Pacers in the 2018 final. Uh, that was the first round, the 2008, the first round of, uh, of the playoffs in 2018. Uh, I was at game one between them and the Pacers, and they did, in fact, lose. Hear me so, out. Hear me out. Network 216 goes to a Cavs game. We have to. Have to. Coming soon to soon. a Rocket Mortgage Field house near you. And if we, we don't hit one, and if we hit 1K so subs, we'll bring a fan. Boom. Whoa. Yeah. There yeah. it is. We'll even get you a, a good ticket and maybe an homage shirt. What about yeah. that? How about that? You got so, you don't gotta sell us cry. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we love you guys. We will see you guys again next week. Uh we will down with the Browns will be next up again on Monday. So and Scarlet uh, and Gray podcast. And Scarlet, I'm sorry, they go first. I always yep. I know that Scarlet and Gray goes first, but so you know, uh we'll talk to you guys get uh then. And uh, we love all you and uh, go Cavs. I agree. Go Cavs. I agree. Go Cavs. <laughs> I say that, to, by the way, I say that to everybody in the group chat now and they hate it. So <laughs> go Cavs. I agree. Go Cavs. <laughs>